0: Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I welcome photographer Josh Tejas. Josh is a photographer based in Los Angeles, California. I was actually lucky enough to meet him about three months ago when I was visiting L.A., um really appreciate his work so i was really excited to have him on the podcast and kind of hear more about his photography and his background and how he kind of got into the whole photography world um josh is really talented he's photographed everyone from quentin tarantino to david lynch uh, countless actors musicians um all different types of people um just really really amazing work he does so like i said i was really excited to have him on um so hope you guys enjoy this one and thanks so much for listening All right. Well, and now welcome on, Josh Tais. Um Excited to have you on, man. Uh, yeah, what's we, going on? We, man? we played golf uh, about a month and a half ago when I was in LA. Had a great time out there. I think what course did we play out there? It was like the Roosevelt, I think.
1: It's kind of funny you say that. It was the Roosevelt. It's like this little nine-hole executive course. I'm actually. It's so funny. I don't. I've never played that course before. Playing with you. Not, not like I'm a big golfer or anything like that. My dog's trying to get out of this door so badly. Um, and he just can't chill. Um, I, not that I'm a big, I don't play, I play golf a lot now. But like before I didn't, I'd never played that course before. And I'm actually playing it this afternoon. Oh, really? I, yeah. It's so you're just connected to uh, the Roosevelt Executive Golf Course.
0: Dude, I love it, man. I just got into the golf like a year ago. And it, for me, it just gives me excuse, like, I don't know, it's just good to have like a break from photography sometimes, because you know how it is, it's just like nonstop. And it's kind of, it's been kind of cool to have a little hobby to like, even if you just play nine holes, it's like an hour and a half or two hours out of your day, just to kind of give your brain a break, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I it, it's funny, like, when you start to create photos in a specific genre, and people start asking for that, because you have so much portfolio work from it you end up stop I, I don't know sometimes we get a little complacent especially if they're, that's what they're looking for they're looking for that one look that you do it's not really not that it's not a challenge because mm-hmm. you should all, I should always be challenging myself but sometimes you fall into this rut of you're just being asked of the same thing all the time mm-hmm. it's getting to the point where on set like I knew exactly what they wanted and I've done it a thousand times before so it, it was like okay, here we go again. So it kind of felt like I was not being challenged on these sets. Yeah. And then I get out to this golf course and learn this completely new skill that <laughs> I am terrible at. Like I'm trying so hard, but like it's fun to get out there and be bad at something. You know what I mean? And like not know what you're doing and and kind of like suck again. It like yeah. it was like a, it's like this funny like learning curve that, you know, we experience in so many different things. But like golf is the one right now <laughs> yeah i know man
0: it's good dude Um, uh, but i guess to go back man i was just curious like where do you grow up and like how do you kind of first get into photography
1: yeah i grew up in los angeles county valley kid um and
0: 818 baby <laughs> i was
1: sick i was 661 but yeah close, uh- <laughs> just down the street just down the street but yeah um I, so I grew up out here. Uh, it's interesting to be, you know, to live in LA and have so many people that are like transplants from LA. You know, I don't feel like I meet many people that are like born and raised in, in Los Angeles. So yeah. um, so I was born uh, out here. And then uh, I just got my start in photography. I did this, I don't know, this, like, like a lot of people, I did this dumb course in high school that was like... Here, learn how to shoot leaves on the trees and (laughs) grab this lens with a one point eight aperture and be amazed that you know, like things had perspective and depth of field, like you didn't even know what that was. And I actually uh failed that class. Um, I did not pass that class, which was interesting. I didn't think that it was gonna be a a career path for me at that point. And then um went to school at University of Hawaii for journalism, realized I didn't want to do that, Um, came back and yeah, yeah, I didn't want to do it. Um, really hated it. Thought it was going to be this creative kind of gold mine, and it was not at all. It was, it was what was very the program?
0: What was the program like? Where they like kind of trained you to like work at a newspaper, pretty much.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, it was that's exactly what it was, and or or magazines or you know print print journalism. And I didn't even have a focus in in photo journalism at the time. I just I really photo was like not on my radar. I just I liked it. I like music a lot. I like writing a lot. And I thought, what could I monetize? You know, what could be stable? Mm -hmm. And for some reason, my kid brain, you know, I'm 18. I don't freaking know. Yeah. Um, My brain said, oh, I could be a writer. I could be a writer for this magazine. And (laughs) that'd be stable. It's just as freelance as anything else. I didn't know it at the time. And as I got into it, I really learned it was so buttoned up. It's very formal. It's very. So I did not pursue that. Um, I came back to Los Angeles and I kind of uh, took this I went to this local community college just for some art classes and this photographer, this rock and roll music photographer named Joseph Giannis, um, shoots for Rolling Stone, billboard, a lot, huge in the country scene now lives in Nashville. Now, um, did this lecture, this, like this little guest lecture. So I went and it was the first time I realized that art was intentional. Like I was looking through this fat book, man. It was so cool to see all this work but I'd seen these photos before they were album covers. They were, you know, promos, they were ads. They were all these things that I'd seen before, but never really realized when I looked at that album cover that it took a team of people to create that photo. Yeah. He was showing me that. So he, at the end of the inter- or at the end of the lecture, he was like, yo, you want to, if anybody wants to do an internship, like, let me know, just send me an e- email. I'm kind of looking. And I sent him an email He set me up with an interview. I thought it was going to be this big old fancy studio because my brain's like, oh, the entertainment industry. It's going to be like, (laughs) it's this huge thing. This guy's absolutely made it. You know what I mean? He shoots celebrities. Um, And so I didn't know anything about this industry. I was such a kid, um, adolescent, man. I uh, went and I bought this three-piece suit from the fashion district in, in los angeles like the best the thing i thought like red carpet happened. my career's
0: <laughs> taking off maybe i'm doing it i'm going to
1: this interview at this famous photographer's studio oh man and uh yeah so i show up to his apartment in glendale it's a apartment in glendale california at 11 a.m in this three-piece suit. i walk up the stairs to this <laughs> duplex and he answers the door in his pajamas <laughs> And I was just like, Oh, I'm so overdressed for this, man. I'm so overdressed. And uh, he laughed. He just cracked (laughs) up. And I sat on his couch in this three piece suit, holding his little dog during this interview (laughs) and I got it. And then he took me under my wing or under his wing and showed me a lot of the ropes and,
0: yeah it was dude that's so fu- I did honestly I did the same thing the first time I ever went to like a big ad agency in Boston to show my book I wore a suit because <laughs> I, I was like oh it's like a professional place you have to dress as nice. and the lady's yeah, like right? she's like do you normally wear a suit and I was like fuck
1: I was like yeah, I, I, do- <laughs> I do not
0: I don't I was just <laughs> I'm just trying to get my foot in the door
1: <laughs> yeah I'm just learning this and that's what it was too and it was funny I think he saw that too I think he told me like because I knew you had the, the internship right after that because, you know, as kids or, or people growing up, like youth, like we don't know. We're just huh. learning, trying things out. So that's how it started. And then I moved to Boston for a little while and uh, I kind of shot and did a bunch of portfolio work, tried to find my style um, with, what I, what, with what I had. And then I came back and I interned for Art Stryber for a little while, one of the many what and what
0: what made you want to go to Boston? Because basically every photographer I know, everyone either wants to go to New York or L.A. I live in Boston, but I don't think I've ever heard anyone like, you know what, I'm moving to Boston to start my photo career.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. It was kind of just by, I guess, I don't know the. I'm going to use this term and it's not going to make sense, I think. Uh, it's kind of by proxy, I guess. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard that before. It seems like it's right. I don't know. Um, I had a friend that was going to Berkeley College of Music um that I grew up with and he said, Hey, you should come and visit me for a little while. Like just come and hang out. So I went out there in like a December month and stayed for a week. And I put up this little ad on Craigslist and said, Hey, photographer from Los Angeles, if you need headshots or promo shots or whatever, like let me know. We can go do some photo shoots. I had 70 hits. Wow. I was only going to be there for a week. I was only going to be shooting for like two days. And I was like, well I obviously can't do all this. And so I started picking the brains of the few people that I did book out there, which I paid for the trip and did all this stuff. I said, Hey, like, why is it so popular? Why is this such an in-demand thing? He said, well, they really only fly people for these big schools in from New York, like twice a year to shoot any of the shit that they need. And it's wildly expensive. And at the time, I don't remember what I was charging, but I was like young and I was charging, I think like $250 $250 maybe for like a little session. We walk around the city and take some yeah. photos and then I give them whatever. Um, and it was awesome to like create like new spaces. And so I, I thought, okay, this could be potential. There's like you, as you know, there's more universities per capita in Boston than anywhere yeah, else. And there's like all these people are trying to do stuff. They're world-renowned musicians are on the brink of being world-renowned musicians and dancers and actors and scientists. You know, engineers and yeah. scientists. So They all need stuff, so I decided, okay, I'm going to move back, and I'm going to share this room with my buddy that lived out there, and I did, and then I worked a ton. I met a lot of cool people, a lot of cool artists, one of my best friends. I lived in his house with six other dudes that were all from different walks of life. I lived with an Australian, a Costa Rican, Canadian. um,
0: Where in Boston were you guys?
1: We were over off of uh, Houston Street in Brookline. Okay, uh, Right cool. off the St. Mary's stop on the Green Line. Nice. Yeah.
0: That's cool, it was man. so cool. It was a
1: cool time. But yeah, that's what it was. It was just kind of like, I thought there, there was a need at the time for like a kind of mid-tier photographer. And uh, I went in, I worked a ton, maybe five, six days out of the week, I did a shoot. And I lived there for like a year. And then I came back and did this internship with Stryber.
0: Damn, that's fucking awesome, man. Now now you got me thinking, because I I, I I mean, I've lived here my whole life, but I, 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 I walk past Berkeley all the time, but I just don't ever think about it. But there is there's like these incredibly musicians. And when you're this trying to, like, make new work or, you know, try something new, like there's these people that definitely want to collaborate with you, because even now, like with your work, like, do you find yourself doing test shoots and stuff just to try new stuff uh, in your free time?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I say it all the time. I love this. I love photography more than like anything. I do it for free all the time. It's like, I carry my camera all the time. There's times where I'll just be at this coffee shop and I see the barista making a drink and he or she looks like really awesome. They're wearing this cool outfit. They got this cool hair. So I said, you come walk outside. Let's do some shots really quick. And like, we'll do this like impromptu photo shoot. Yeah. And it's fun for me and it's fun for them. And then like, but yeah, I'm setting up test shoots all the time. Um, it allows you to just kind of have that freedom to figure out what you want to do next, especially like or, or train like the equipment or the lighting a little bit, just so that when you do have this bigger job where there's more writing on it, you can just set it up. like Yeah, yeah. But what was great about those and, and granted, I know that we're like different a little bit more further past that at this point it was great because i was i think like i said i was at the time i was charging like 250 dollars for a photo shoot out there and i did five of them and i was like okay well, rent's, pay- rents paid <laughs> I, let, let me get dinner guys it's all good i, like, I got this like so yeah. it was uh yeah it's i mean it's fun there's an amp a ton of people and they all become super successful people so
0: yeah was it always well, maybe like, not all, all of them. yeah <laughs> <laughs> was it was it always like portraiture was that like kind of always your interest from the get-go
1: think everybody, a lot of people that wanted to get into photography and myself included wanted to shoot for like national geographic. Yeah. I think that was everybody's like first like, Oh my gosh, like they're the most beautiful photos. You get to see these beautiful places. like. And so I thought that, and I thought maybe if I had a journalism degree, I could shoot for them. And then I didn't realize until I like got out of it, that they really only hire anthropology majors and like specific cultural studies majors. So like, if they're going to do this photo assignment, in like this rural town in Japan, they're going to want a Japanese culture or Japanese a Japanese culture major that like understands yep. the culture and the language and then can take a photo as well. Like they're not going to this kid from Los Angeles that doesn't know anything about the culture. Just I just want to take there.
0: cool pictures. I just want to take cool pictures.
1: Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> so yeah, it started off in that and then I realized that that wasn't the path. Um and then like it transitioned like as, as soon as you get on like sets, you're like, Oh, well I want to shoot. Like I'm the generation that I want to shoot like of Leibovitz. So I want to shoot for Vogue. I want to shoot fashion. And it's yeah. like, nah, no, you don't. Like yeah.
0: you,
1: you want to, sh- I wanted to shoot beauty port, beautiful portraits and nice lighting with good styling. I don't really want to shoot fashion. And, yep. and then it developed into just like from like the clientele, the resources, the references, and the people that I was learning from It kind of transitioned to portraiture. And I love it so much because I love people a ton and I like documenting people and I like connecting to people. So I, uh, I think it was just a natural conversation and, and, and shift to, to go into portraiture.
0: Have you always been comfortable like dealing with people and like just talking to different types of people? Cause as you know, as a photographer on any given day, you can have someone who's an introvert or extrovert and you got to be able to read the room. Is that something you feel like you've always just been kind of strong at being able to communicate your ideas to people or to take a while to get better at it I guess
1: that's a good question I it's it's throwing me back to this dumb little project I did in like one of those little photo classes you had to do a uh it was like a a concept like I didn't understand the idea of conceptual photography like growing up it was like a switch that needed to switch on at some point yeah but my concept was two minute portraits and I had to ask them questions in my head I was like this would be great to like work on the fly. I had to ask them questions, figure out some things about them, see what they were doing and then create a portrait to try to cra- capture that essence mm-hmm. it was like my first photo project that I remember doing. So it's funny that I chose that. And then I don't think that that ever influenced like how I looked at things. Yeah. I was, I've i always considered my, myself like a bit of a conversational chameleon. Yeah. Kind of drift into this circle, drift into this circle. As long as you're not being ridiculous or you know, morally wrong. I can kind of jive with anybody, yeah. And um, so I think that that was always like a skill, or 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 a, not a, not a skill, but a personality trait. And I it's think a good it transition. Ch-
0: yeah, it's a good challenge to do that, like the two minute portrait thing. Like I remember when I was in college, my professor. It was. We had we went to Niagara Falls and we had to photograph, I think, like 20 portraits of this like strangers. And at the time, like as a college kid, like you basically just, everyone for most part was like shooting their friends and stuff. And I just remember being so fucking nervous to like, go up to a complete stranger and be, like try to take your portrait. But like, I don't know, for me, like when you push yourself and put yourself in uncomfortable situations, it's like, I don't know, it feels good and you feel like you get stronger at this kind of deal with people and as a photographer
1: you know what made you nervous about it though what, like what made you nervous about photographing
0: i don't know i think because i was this kind of a quiet person and i was just kind of shy and just going up to a complete stranger on the street like you know i think i was just like i don't want to i don't want to piss them off and like i don't know you just get nervous you know there's i don't know at least for me back then not so much anymore but definitely still sometimes like i have to like work myself up to be like, oh, I want to I have this portrait in my mind and I have to like go in there and try to explain it to this person of like what I want to do and hope they agree and want to be a part of it. You know?
1: Yeah. It's always interesting working with people like that because, or with people in general, because you never know how they're going to respond to it. But the biggest thing that I try to, and I'll tell you as, as well is like, we, there's been this shift, it, it used to be an honor to have your portrait taken. You know what I mean? Yep. It was an honor like for somebody to ask to take your portrait when it wasn't so common, like I'm sure people felt vulnerable at times, but what an honor, like mm-hmm. to, to to pick me out. And I, and I view that when I ask somebody to take their portrait, I'm not saying that they should feel honored. I'm saying like, it's a like, I don't want to take photos of everybody. If I see you and I want to take your photo, like it means that you're special. Yeah. It means that you are standing out. And so that paired with the fact, like, when, when you take somebody's photo, like, not to be, like, egocentric, because I, I, I hate ego, but, like, it, it really is an honor for them to t- have their photo taken by you. You create beautiful images, you create beautiful portraits. So, like, I don't, I don't know. I understand being nervous and, and, and whatever, but, like, I hope that you don't have to chip over that speed bump <laughs> of, like, fight back too much. I know publicists and things are going to do that, but, like, it really is like you come up with beautiful portraits and you do like a really great thing for people. I think that they should be honored.
0: Yeah. I appreciate it, man. Um, and I guess like you mentioned, you ended up going to LA to intern with Stryber. How did how did that kind of happen?
1: Man, life is so weird. And, and, and the industry gets smaller and smaller and LA gets tinier and tinier as it goes. I was doing a project for that photo class this is like a longer like version of this story Mm -hmm. i was doing this 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 project for that photo class when i was going to community college for those art classes like forever ago and i'm taking photos i don't even know what i'm doing dude i'm taking photos of this red balloon tied around the city like it's so like i don't even yeah yeah and (laughs) <laughs> I wish I could find those and just have them, but I don't have them anymore. <laughs> and I wish I could because it would make the story better. Um, but I'm standing on this island in the middle of nothing, like like a, in the middle of the street. And I'm taking photos of this balloon. And down comes the street, like racing in this beat up truck with like grip gear hanging out of it. And like C stands mounted and <laughs> all this stuff this truck stops in the middle of the street and this guy with crazy hair, he's like, "Uh, I don't even know. I don't know what he looks. I don't know. I can't, I I know who he is, but I couldn't describe him at the time. He just had crazy hair. He looked psychotic. He points his camera at me, takes a photo, points his camera out the wind out of the window and takes a photo of what I'm taking a photo of, which is this balloon. And he looks back at me. He goes, dude, what the hell are you doing? And I go, what are you doing? You're stopping traffic or whatever. <laughs> he goes. We should shoot. We should shoot sometime. And throws his card out of the window. And I go what? I go okay. So I, like, traffic goes. And I like run out. Then I grab this card. And all it says is, uh, Turgo.
0: I knew that's who it was gonna be, Johnny Turgo. Yeah. I I never oh. met him, but he's like an LA legend, and he's I know the explain. The, the, yeah, the truck. Basically, you can explain it, but like from what I read, I think PDN did an article on it or somebody he he, like built it out and had like lights and shit into the bed right
1: yeah yeah he was doing these street portraits for a while i think it was on it's on one of the late night talk shows did it like like yeah i don't think it was kimmel it might have been though it could have been like seth Myers mm-hmm. or something they did he was like on there and he would drive around he had a p50 magnum dish in the back with a 7a head and or maybe a uh yeah yeah with like a a uh, battery pack, like yeah. maybe one of those B B twos or whatever they were, B threes, and uh, it would just fire. And he would remote fire. His camera was also rigged up through the window, so he could just shoot from his laptop. You know, Command K or so. Would he be dri- Would he
0: be driving the car and like shooting at the same time? Pretty well, much. Well, he
1: drive the he would drive the car and he drive up alongside the street. And if yeah. a guy would look cool on the street, like Hollywood Boulevard, everybody looks interesting. Yeah, he would he would fire it, but it was crazy. It was so abrasive because <laughs> the light would fire. <laughs> and like, I remember him telling me like people would come up to him all the time, and he's like awesome he he has no bad bone in his body so like he's not trying to create havoc or anything like that he's just trying to create cool photos and interesting photos mm-hmm. and so the light would fire really crazy and people would have one of like a few reactions but well, the common one was like what are you doing taking my photo like and he'd show it to him and it was like this cool photo and maybe like, i can delete it if you want yeah but it's really great and mostly i think he said most of the time like people would just they're like ah it's like
0: Cool. it's so, so rad because like think about how many times like just driving down the street like you see something that's like super wild and like you should stop and like take the picture but a lot of times it's just like i gotta be somewhere i gotta get to the next thing but he really made it he set himself up so he literally can just drive by and just yeah make, like, and, and badass dude. pictures <laughs> that's yeah rare. yeah
1: it was it was cool so so he had that in his track and i i was like so tripped out i looked at his website and i remember looking at it and not really getting it at the time, like he—he's a guy with a very different vision. Every mm-hmm. in his portraiture, in his in his projects, and his lighting, and all these things, like he's creating something. He's trying to create things that are maybe he's not trying to, but he's creating things that are unique and special. i mm-hmm. mean um, he lights for all these, you know, studio photographers that light things very similarly, and then sets it up. He doesn't want to. I, I feel like, and maybe we've had this conversation before. He doesn't want to like copy or yep. do. He creates his own things. his his own voice, and so. But I remember not really understanding that and looking at his website and going, it was a lot of landscapes of LA and like kind of looking desolate and like apocalyptic. And I was like, like, I don't know. This is not really what I'm looking to shoot. I sent him an email or two and nothing really came of it. Fast forward, like, I don't know, maybe four years I'm back from Boston. I do all this stuff. I have this, this, this friend. Um, I think that you may be familiar with his work or have heard of him. His name's Corey Nichols. Yep. Um, super talented photographer. Um, and i somebody who taught me a lot. And I looked up to him and I said, Hey man, like I want to intern for art. I, I kind of want to assist for Art Striver. I've been assisting for Joseph and doing all this stuff. I said, I want to assist for Art Striver. I saw this Duck Dynasty ensemble portrait oh that the was a good one taken. where it was all
0: camouflage and everything yeah
1: and like the set designer had camouflaged it and it was like such a insane photo i've never seen something like that before and i said dude i want to assist for art he goes i think i have a friend that assists for art a lot maybe i put you guys in contact or something so i emailed like five variations of you know art cyber photography dot com like whatever like just trying to figure out the email or whatever yeah so i emailed and i did that with a lot of people but i did that with him and i ended up guessing it on one of them and i was like hey i would love just this for you if you're ever interested like let me know i didn't know how to approach that cold like cold yeah but then he was like hey i don't really handle that but my student he got back to me on one of them said and of course you know i'm sure that you have emailed art or been in correspondence the art he responds like in
0: everybody it's crazy dude it's It's
1: amazing (laughs) it's uh uh, inspirational, I guess. I don't know. You want to do it, yeah? Um, and so he responded almost immediately and was like, "Hey, I don't really, ha- I don't really handle that, but my studio manager Jody does. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll set up an interview, or we have this internship project uh, uh, thing going on. You can talk with her about it." I didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. So then I remembered Corey saying that his buddy uh, assisted for Art a lot and. Maybe I could call him and talk to him, pick his brain or whatever. And he goes, His name's Johnny Turgo. And my head went, Wow, that looks like <laughs> that sounds familiar, but I don't think I know that because it's been like four years. Yeah. And so I look at the website and I'm looking at this and going, I've seen this before. The landing page was the same. And I was like, I've seen this before. And it clicks in my head. And I was like, Oh my God! This is this is him. This is the guy. This is the crazy man that stopped in the middle of traffic, and <laughs> took photos of me. Like this is crazy. So I reach out to Corey. I said, "You'll never believe this." I tell him the story. He puts me in contact. I say, "Johnny, I don't know if you remember this." He goes, "Absolutely, I remember this. That's crazy. Feel free to use me as a reference." Mm-hmm. I ended up getting the internship because I solely believe it, because of Johnny Turgo's reference because he is because he he's
0: he's I mean he's arts, assisted
1: art on like six hundred jobs yeah is
0: his right hand man like he does so, all it, yeah
1: so I ended up getting this internship and it was funny because I had never really formally met Johnny Turgo and we were on a set during the internship like three or four shoots in Amari established as this intern and I walk up and I go Johnny I see him on the call sheet I said I want to introduce myself and art standing there and he goes wait a second like you are the You were the reference. Like, what do you like? What is this? And I go, okay, I gotta tell you this story. And then it ends up being the story I just told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like laughing and cracking up. But it, I mean, it (laughs) happens similar like that to a lot of people. I know that Christopher Patey kind of got into it in this in a similar world from Johnny Turgo. Like he was assisting on a job that Chris was in, or something like that. Yeah, it's your first.
0: It's your first lesson in how how small the photo world is. Like it's everyone's kind of interconnected, pretty much.
1: It's like it's like two degrees of separation, and the one degree is Johnny Terry. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. For sure. <laughs>
0: uh, so, um, w- when you started interning, like, what kind of stuff did Art have you do, and like, how was that kind of experience?
1: Yeah, man, like it's a huge lesson in ego, and like not having an ego. Um, because I did the the interview for the internship, and I met with the powerhouse that is Elaine Brown. Yep. Um, incredible. Uh, super amazing producer and uh, photo like I don't know she's a jack of so many trades Yeah. Um, and I met with Jody his uh, studio manager at the time um, and they kind of told me in the first interview that I'd be running and getting copies, and grabbing lunch and doing mail drops and like all that stuff and like maybe if there's a shoot like I'll be able to be on it but I'm really just going to be like the intern you know and I was like oh, yep. I don't want to do that I've already done that Yeah, my head was like, I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm August. In my head, like I left and going, I'm not going to take this. The second interview was with Art and Elaine and Jody, and the way he described it was a completely different tone. I could see the energy. I could see. I wanted to take that second interview because I wanted to meet him so badly, Mm -hmm. and I could see the energy shift. And it was like, you're going to learn so much. You're going to learn so much. We're going to get you. All the experience, like we can, you obviously need to initiate on your own and do this stuff. But like, we have this like 30 year lineage of interns and assistants and we become this family and like all that stuff. And when you describe that, I was like, I'm all in. Yeah. I almost said no to it. I literally took that interview, that second interview to tell him like, hey, I respect you. I love your work. I'm excited. I'm not really interested in being like the intern, Yeah. but like, and then I took it. And it was the best experience of my life. What he had me doing in the beginning, I'm sure that they might not remember, but I remember vividly. I'm the worst office intern on the planet. <laughs> I don't remember doing any work. I should have, that's not good on my part. I probably should be admitting that, but, <laughs> but I don't remember doing anything in that office. Like I remember like they had things for me to do and I like don't operate like that. And, uh, I feel bad. Like I feel a little guilty every once in a while organizations. I used to do a ton of cover tears. Like we'd take like the work that he shot, put it in a binder. I'm sure you saw all of his binders. Of yep, It's crazy. Imagery. It's crazy.
0: Like his, the, the gear garage with everything's like got labels and it was, it's, it, it, it's an yeah. operation.
1: <laughs> it's incredible. It was really intimidating. Cause I don't work like that. No, um, I don't work like that at all. So which explains why I wasn't like a really good in the office intern. Mm-hmm. Um, but it happened that I Art was shooting a ton of editorials that year and um, a few ad things. And I got to be uh, on a lot of them because there were all, a lot of like LA based things. So I got to be on set learning how to, you know, rap stingers and pretend like I was understanding what they were saying when they wanted me to turn the light up a third. Yeah, And because it didn't make sense to me because pro photo, at the time was on a scale from one to 10. And they're like, can you turn up a third? I'm like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> What's a third of 10? Get, get the like,
0: Cardellini clamp.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I just didn't, I didn't understand it, but it was, it was, it was cool. So it was like a mixture between like busy office work, uh, labeling. So like, I'm sure it's been done f- five times, six times over now, but like ironing on the tape, the his green yep. iconic tape onto yeah. the bags and, <laughs> and, um, Really just learning from from how he was talking, speaking with clients, speaking with subjects and how his how Elaine was speaking. And and uh, yeah, it was I mean, it's been the most fruitful, fulfilling it, that internship has led to so many things. And um,
0: did you end up assisting for a while, like after the internship or
1: not really? I mean, I did. I wanted to. Uh, a lot um i wanted to assist and i mean i would still assist him you know like the reality (laughs) was that like i assisted on a couple jobs Mm -hmm. uh and then i started getting booked on shoots oh wow uh, through through this other venture like through the, the the experience with joseph and the and the uh people i had met the networking i had done there and his generosity kind of put me up for a couple jobs and there was this food magazine that we kind of started that we were doing a lot of work there, so it just ended up being that like I wasn't available to. See. They Elaine hit me up a few times and I was like, hey, I'm so sorry, I'm booked. Mm-hmm. So sorry, I'm booked. And when that happens, yeah, they don't. They have said, Yeah. I mean, she would if I reached out. I was like, hey, I would like to. Yes. So like I have all this time, she would take it into consideration, but. They they have so many they had so many shoots going on, they have such a big pool of people. Why do you need you don't need to re reach one you, person? You're so. already
0: moving along in your own career and shooting, man. That that's awesome. So it sounds like you kind of hit the ground running pretty quick then this kind of shooting because I know it's different for everyone. Like I know I assisted for shit probably like six, seven years before I really started doing jobs and stuff, and some people go straight to shooting, but uh yeah, everyone's story is different, but Cause like who are some of the first clients you started working with? Like what are kind of some of your first assignments Do you remember getting when you kind of started shooting jobs?
1: Uh, yeah. My first, how would I, I would say like the first client that I had in this world, cause we all, I, I don't know if we've all done it, but I know a lot of people have started this way to shoot weddings and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but really the first client that I can think about of top of my head, I'm sure that I'm wrong, but was Pandora radio. Wow. Yeah, I uh, I got brought in. Joseph was shooting a lot of stuff for AOL Music and Rolling Stone, and a couple of the people that worked at AOL Music that went to Rolling Stone, then went to Pandora Radio. a Guy named Mike Spinella, and there was a shoot that he couldn't do, and he said, "Hey, it's in San Diego. It's not much money, but if you want to go and do it, they'd love to have you." And so I did. I w- went down there, and I kind of figured, found his workflow of like shooting it doing an edit, sending it off, like within the hour, like just getting it done, you know, getting it to the client. And, um, and so it was Pandora radio. And then that, that kind of has spurred into so many other opportunities. Cause they had like, it was really exciting time of being like the startup. They were the only ones kind of doing anything like that. And yep. they had like a lot of clients or not clients, but subjects. We were shooting so many people together, music festivals, like all these things transitioned into like so much other work um but yeah pandora radio was an early one and then there was this magazine that we were working on called life and time which is like a food documentary storytelling magazine like the the process and the people behind the dish not necessarily like the celebrity chef thing yeah but like the dishwasher and like all that kind of stuff and um, the Sioux chefs. Yeah, I so saw that because
0: start- you, you have a whole section on your website. It's all hospitality and it's kind of like like it's chefs and food-related people. And that, is that this kind of a world you kind of enjoy kind of photographing?
1: Yeah, it was one that was just like, like I said, a friend of mine was starting this magazine and kind of hit me up and we did this like photo style for it. We started with Gorilla Tacos in Los Angeles and went to a bunch of different coffee shops and and it w- they were creating good, stories and uh i was creating photos to go along with it and so then it just kind of became this like kind of like cult following in in los angeles in that kind of chef's table hipster <laughs> like world i guess yeah. and uh and uh it ended up transitioning into people like in the industry really liking that work they like the the life and time look or the life and time story that they were telling. So we got to work with a lot of them. They they ended up starting this creative agency. So we started doing bigger projects with them and it transitioned into every once in a while doing like this thing with like Curtis Stone or whatever. And so they all started to morph together because I did a shoot with iHeartRadio once with like Ryan Seacrest and there was like a celebrity there. And we used that to pitch to celebrity chef like Curtis Stone. And then the Curtis Stone kind of led to like Wolf King Puck and then Wolfgang Puck kind of led to this other like, like Migos or something like that. Cause yeah, they yeah. saw that you're working with all these it's like people.
0: Like a building like, block.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of went to like all these things that get, gave more like credit uh, validation, I guess, for, for like the publicists. And I didn't know anything about this world at the time. We we're just kind of like, yeah, we'll shoot it. We'll go. We'll do it. Well, it'll be <laughs> awesome. It'll be totally fun. We'll create some cool stuff. So the hospitality stuff is for a long time, what I thought was just like, this just pays the bills. Mm -hmm. You know, the restaurant stuff was kind of self-sustaining. The hotel things were coming in, like documenting that kind of stuff kind of just paid the bills and it was consistent and it was coming through. And it still comes through pretty frequently, but like, I didn't realize that that was actually going to develop into more of like the passion. Yeah. You know, like I love creating portraiture and I think it's beautiful. I think it's amazing, but like photographing people that really work hard, not saying that they don't, but like farmers and Things like that. I don't know if you've seen Joey L. Are you familiar with the photographer Joey L.? Oh
0: yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Joey L. did that project, that like sixteen country project with farmers. Yep. Like guy oh, goes man. He goes,
0: he goes big, man. He goes big. Yeah,
1: it was unbelievable. <laughs> it was so 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 beautiful. But like that's the stuff where like people that like, despite hard labor and circumstances, seem to like be thankful and appreciate. They work really hard and. They appreciate what they have and they're smiling in these photos and you're like wow yeah and, I, and uh but yeah so it kind of goes into two two forms portraiture do you, do you, do you feel like
0: like when you start like photographing celebrities because you photographed a lot of well-known people do you feel like you start to get put in a box by editors like, oh, this guy only shoots celebrities and it's harder to get those jobs like shooting farmers or these other people, or like what's your kind of take? Because like it seems like a lot of times editors want to put you in a box, but as a photographer, like you like shooting all types of things, but I don't
1: know. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think it it weirdly crosses over well for these two. I don't I don't diversify too much. Mm-hmm like everybody else, like we can shoot whatever I, we can't, we can figure it out. We got crews that will help us. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can shoot it, you know, maybe not anything. Like, I don't know how Tim Tatter does anything that he ever does. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Um, But yeah, we can, so I don't diversify too far. It kind of goes into the hospitality and the mm. celebrity stuff. Yeah. They don't really cross over that much until they're trying to sell this farm saying, Hey, we have this celebrity photographer. They almost use it as clout, which mm-hmm. is weird to me because it's completely different. But like, says so all the time, like for whatever reason, people see like that photo, like George Clooney, and they think that I can like photograph pancakes or something like that. They're like, oh, like he's photographed this guy. He's photographed this guy. It's like, yeah, but we're shooting peaches in a yeah. farm. It's yeah, it's not the same thing. Yeah, but luckily it helps and doesn't negate from it as much. I don't think, maybe it does, but I don't, yeah. I don't hear those interactions. I don't hear people going, hey, like we're not really looking for a studio celebrity photographer mm-hmm. I, because I, I send them usually like a mood board. I kind of almost send them a, tr- a treatment before a treatment. I just say, hey, like I've shot all this stuff. This is the direction I'd like to take this in. Boom, here it is. And then they look at the website or they look at the Instagram and they go, oh, you also shoot, I can, this person? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can swear. No, you can say
0: you can say whatever the fuck you want, man. <laughs> okay,
1: cool. <laughs> I probably have already been doing it, but then it just hit me. I went, oh, shit. <laughs>
0: That's um, all good. Um,
1: but, yeah, so I don't think it negates it too much. Um, but I'm also working with, like, I don't know. I'm 28. How mm, old are you? 36.
0: 36.
1: So I'm 28. So we're working with this generation of people that, like, are new-er- You know, like, Mm -hmm. there's a different way of things being done right now. You definitely have your classics.
0: Whoop, I lost you. Here we go. Good? Yeah, I can hear you.
1: Okay, cool. Um, You definitely get, like, these... uh, These kind of, like, staple figureheads at, like, studios and stuff that are still doing it. Like, they learn from their success. You know, they're doing it the traditional way. But, like, we're in this kind of weird Wild West of, like we're getting hired for a ton of different projects and they're different through different avenues. The people are having different conversations. There's a lot less information out there or different information out there. The asks are different, like social media stuff. Yeah. I think at that point when it gets so convoluted, uh, people don't really see like, Oh, he only shoots this or he only shoots that. I think everybody, it's like the younger mentality is that not the younger mentality the, the current mentality is that like people want to work with people that they want to work with, so that they like. And they're yeah. going to hit you out and be like, yo, can you do this?
0: Like, Yeah, it's all kind okay. of bi- like a lot. most of the jobs I get is based on like relationships I have. And it's, it's that trust people uh, having you like, like, I, I mean, I've worked with editors that were at one magazine at one point that was like shooting food. And now they're working at like some technology magazine. It's completely different, but they still hire you because they have that trust in you, I guess, you know.
1: Yeah, I I appreciate that loyalty so much. Not even a loyalty or so yeah, it's considered loyalty. Definitely. Loyalty trust. Like it's so great because we don't know where that next job's gonna come from. Yeah. And I don't know about you. I don't do traditional marketing. It's not because I I don't want to, it's because my brain doesn't work like that until I bring on people that can kind of do that and I'm like, in the works with that. It's it's all word of mouth, it's all reference, it's all kind of like people that we worked with before and kind of like weird guerrilla style marketing where like not even marketing at that point I'm just networking I'm just talking hanging yeah. out going to coffee doing all these things and um but it gets a little scary so when people bring you back for jobs or bring you with them to their next venture it's like like thank you like, thank what? You. like you didn't let's have to go. do that let's thank go. you let's <laughs> go <laughs> it's good to see you again
2: let's cool photos
0: yeah man the freelance life is uh it's tough man like did you ever have times of doubting yourself in this career path because as you know it's like ups and downs like you can have months where it's great and then months where it's slow and it's just like managing the you know mental gymnastics of uh, a freelance career i guess
1: i've made i've tried to manage mental gymnastics of freelance a lot i don't know (laughs) if i ever felt like it wasn't the path and i feel like kind of i feel pretty fortunate about that because i it's really like i said it's like my favorite thing to do on the planet Like the only thing I talk about is the only thing I Like, I like sports and stuff like that, but photography is really it. So, I don't know if I ever doubted it. And I think that the fortunate experience of like having some really solid mentors Mm -hmm. and work coming in early kind of gave me that like push to be like, oh no, this will be okay.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. It was bizarre. I mean, obviously, everybody's last year was so crazy and uh, trying to take away things from it and figure out what I want to bring with me from pre. What I learned during that I want to bring with me, and the trends that I want to leave back in 2019, the workflows, the hustle, that kind of stuff. Like not the hustle, but like the constant grind. Like there's like so many little things, but like, um, the it was interesting to go through like 2018, 2019, and see this progression and see these this like where it's building to and like the work paying off. Yeah, and then to Go through this last year where like nothing was really happening. There was times where like they didn't pick up a camera for like three months, and you have to. But for I don't know about for you, but for me, I'm I was used to that. Like it was a couple years removed, but only a couple years removed. I remember 2014, 15, 16 being so fucking slow dude yeah so slow so weird like i don't know where the next <laughs> job's gonna come from and like we just kind of had to like like bump around like i feel like a pinball machine like okay i'm, I'm always looking this, for so. a
0: job like i'm always that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the full-time job you're always looking for the job
1: <laughs> exactly so then like 2018 2019 things are like getting to a place of a little bit more sustainability a little bit more like scalability and 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 like oh i can rely on this client because it's going to come through and then you know, of course last year, but it was great. I felt fortunate that like, I got to revert back to like 2017. Like, mm-hmm. All right, we're back in like survival mode. It's okay. But like, it's not too far removed. I could imagine if I was like 15 years deep into this yeah, and relying on that kind of stuff. And it's like, Oh, I don't even remember what it's like to like not work. Yeah. I remember <laughs> yeah, I, I was it was a very familiar feeling so
0: yeah no it's yeah it was a wild year but it seems like man you've been having some badass projects I don't know if we can talk about it but you shot you, you photographed Metallica recently uh yeah. we, we don't have yeah. to say who it was for but you got you got a chance to photograph Metallica uh you showed me the pictures they came out badass man like how was that project getting to work with like such a like iconic band
1: Oh man. You know, it's so, I didn't listen to them much growing up, um, but you can't doubt or deny their iconicness. Yeah. That's the, if that's the correct way to say that. Yeah. It's, it's a, you see their logo, you've seen their logo forever. You've heard all their hits and all these things. And it's interesting. It's always interesting to work with somebody at that, like that's been doing it at the top of their game for like decades. Yeah. And then to realize like, It was interesting. It was cool. It was an honor. Uh, Yeah, Yeah.
0: how do you approach a shoot like that with a band who's been photographed a million times and I would imagine some of them, probably big personalities, maybe not, like going into that shoot, uh, like how how do you approach it being they've been photographed so many times, I guess?
1: Yeah, Uh, that's a good question. I I don't... They're all different, you know? But specifically for that shoot, I remember thinking... looking at i always look at existing imagery of them because i don't want to create something that's already been created with them i don't want to do the same thing Mm -hmm. even though sometimes you end up doing something similar anyway and you're always going to have your own spin on it i don't want to like if they've been photographed in this like zoom spot circle before together like this i don't want to do that same shot you know (laughs) and sometimes it just crosses sometimes the ideas cross so yeah i remember i know this is like a tangent a little bit but i remember photographing david lynch for the first time and they were like, hey, we can shoot in his kitchen at this like slow side house at his on his property. I was like, oh, that sounds awesome. And I lifted all this existing imagery, and somebody who photographed him so beautifully so well was Austin Hargrave. Yeah. Uh, maybe like a year, I don't even know, maybe even longer than b- before I did. And I walk into this set, this kitchen, and it's exactly where he shot him. And it's tiny. Yep. And I was like, oh no, like I don't want to recreate. The same stuff, but those photos are ingrained in my brain. <laughs> like I remember, like I know exactly where he shot this, the angle, and how he got that. Like I didn't know what it was before, but now I see it. I'm like, oh wow. Yeah. So like trying to create your own version of it is what, what is really trying to create my own version of it is what I'm trying to do. But then at the same time, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to do anything. I don't want to make these people do, especially a band that's been photographed for forty years. I want to make them do anything crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to have to jump through hoops and sometimes you don't have the resource or like the time to like do pyro or
2: something yeah. like that. So like, I don't
1: want to make them do like this crazy stuff. So sometimes, and with this one, I thought, okay, the simpler, the better, make them really nice, clean portraits of who they are now at this age because there's only one person that I think I've seen photograph. I, I, the research I did, I could only find one person and it was, shot. it was sent over to me by my buddy Drew Garrion. Um, uh, Peter Yang photographed uh, James Hatfield yep. and the band a few uh, uh, seemingly like it looks like five six years ago mm-hmm. and he created these really beautiful studio portraits of them but other than that like it was all like stuff from like the 80s yeah the 90s that's a different time that's a different style so I was like I wasn't really really, really worried about recreating stuff that had been done and I wasn't nervous about creating studio portraits that they've already sat through a time. Like, they've done this before, but, like, I knew that what I was going to create with them was going to be a little bit different. And uh, I really wanted to photograph them. It was so great. Dude, I'm so thankful for that shoot. That's such a – it was so cool.
0: Yeah, you, you got a lot of stuff out of it because you, you sent me some of it, and you got you did a lot of different setups and the group shots, and it seemed like a pretty successful shoot and what, what you came and walked away with.
1: You know, man, I missed, through this last year, I missed live music probably more than most things. Mm-hmm. You know, I love going out to eat and, like, all these things, but, like, I live, I miss live music. There's something so awesome, and the energy in that room is so great. So, for, like, a year and a half, you don't hear live music, and then you get this photo shoot with Metallica, and you find out on the third day of the shoot, they're going to play this whole live performance. They're going to, like, you're going to photograph a private 30 person concert show. Wow. They're gonna play, they're gonna play seven hits. Holy
2: you know, if they're gonna shit. play
1: mic, like, like hot mic, speakers, stage lighting, everything. It's like I was at a live show, but it was for 30 people. And I remember sh- sh- photographing I'm like, the kid, I'm here, James Hatfield's here screaming. Master, what what th- what's
0: that vibe like? Because you, you think of Metallica, they sell oh, out fine. like all the biggest stadiums in the world, and it's usually like could be like sixty thousand people or more. And you're in a room with only thirty people with one of the biggest bands. We're like, what, what was the energy like in the room? That's just such a unique experience.
1: I like have goosebumps thinking about it, man, because it's like such a it's an honor. You know what I mean? It's such an honor. And the fact that I was missing live music so much This is the first music I got to see in a year and a half. I like sat there and like the entire, everybody that was looking at the crew and like the other people, the client. So like, we're looking at each other with just like gratefulness. Like yeah. where we're at, like this is so, one, it's cool to see them do that anyway. It would have been cool <laughs> at, at any time, but like, especially in this world. And like, it was like, I don't know, I was just grateful. So we got to shoot them like, super up close. It was terrifying to hear him yell like that because they're insane and they're intense. <laughs> and then like my dream for a long time was to photograph a band directly after they get off stage. I want them hot and bothered. Sweating I want them all that, yeah. sweating. Like I want to see that you just put in this work because something that I always feel like we get with actors and musicians and stuff like that is that
0: hair, makeup, everything's style. Well, hair,
1: makeup, everything's style, but then, like, they, they're different than who they are when they perform. Mm-hmm. You know, they turn into... They don't turn in... They're just, like, who they are when they perform is not who they are, like, on camera. Sometimes they're a lot more buttoned up, and, like...
0: The adrenaline's not going. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just saw you lose your mind for, like, an hour and a half. Can we, like, get some of that back here? Yeah. So I wanted that, so we had them walk straight over to the set from there. We got to get, like, a little bit of sweat, a little bit of craziness, and... That's the awesome.
0: shot. How And, like, you know... Getting like being able to photograph one person is hard enough, but like photographing groups and like getting everyone's attention, like how do you uh, approach group shots? Because I feel like if if you c- can shoot groups well, you can shoot anything. Because it's like a very challenging thing to do is to shoot a group of people, you know.
1: Yeah, that's uh it's an interesting. Angle. I don't know if I always shoot groups really well. Yeah. I, I I try. Yeah. Um, for that one, it was a very interesting. You know, you you have these experiences on some shoots, so you go, okay, I'm now adopting that, and I'm implementing that on every shoot that I have going forward. Mm-hmm. And as much as you want to do that, like obviously, it's it's not very you know realistic to think about that, um, or to to be able to apply that. But what happened on this shoot was something that I would love to apply going forward, in that I got to shoot them all singles first. Yeah. On def on different days, like. My dog is losing his mind. <laughs> um, right. So I got to shoot them all singles first on different days. I got to shoot, you know, uh, uh, Kirk and. Uh, oh, no, I'm gonna forget. His it's name. all right. Yeah. Um, I got to shoot uh, guitars and the basses on separate days, and they did these little things personally by themselves when we only had our space. Kirk was like putting his his pick on like his lip and like flipping it through his fingers. And then when James Halfo came up, he he was doing this thing with his like knuckles and like like this stuff. And then Lars came up and he was as cool as a cucumber. You know what I mean? Like they were all doing their own little things.
0: That's awesome. So
1: when we got to the group shot, I got to say, okay, guys, you all did this individually. I want all of that. I want those personalities to come through in this group shot. So James, I'm going to have you do this again. Kirk, I'm going to have you do this. Uh, Lars, just hang out, you know. And so I think it's Rob. Yeah. rob i'm gonna have you kind of do like like he, he was like getting into it like this like like going crazy and so like, i was like let's get a little bit of that individuality into this group shot i think it's gonna make it stronger and so we did and then like i don't know the key for it group shots i guess the biggest thing especially in the studio is just shoot at f8 or f11 yeah, yeah get like, everything sharp <laughs> get everything in focus so um yeah so yeah that, i mean shooting groups is can be difficult um but i think if you can confidently tell them what you're looking for and i shoot really quickly i Mm -hmm. I, sometimes i get a little nervous about it because i don't shoot as many frames as other people or whatever. But if i start to see there's a look in people's eyes and they don't want to do this anymore they don't want to do this anymore so anything i create after this is going to be a shell of what we could have created minutes before definitely and i and i I call it you know unless we really need to get something specific like if it's like a big ad thing and It's not really revolved around portraiture. We have to like, okay, we got to do that one more time just to get this perfect, like, Mm -hmm. you know, thing. Uh, If it's like a portraiture thing and I realize that we're not going to get anything worthwhile after.
0: Might as well stop. Yeah.
1: All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you that. We got plenty of great things. Thanks for showing your, I always hit them too. I always tell them I don't want them to perform for me. Really. I want them to be themselves. I'm a selfish photographer. I'm not really a director. I'm a documenter. So yeah. like I I want them to. I'm selfish. I want to be surprised by what I get too. Like, I set up all this light. Now give me something that I don't know what's going to happen here.
0: Do you ever so, walk away from shoots like you feel like you just kind of struck out? Like you, it, it didn't turn out the way you thought it was going to be? Yeah, and like, how do you like in your mind <laughs> is that this is that this part of the process at this point? Like,
1: yeah, it, it weighs on me heavily, and I yeah. think the thing that I strike out on too is I I. I don't necessarily get concerned. I get concerned, of course, if you feel like you're gonna get a bad photo or you didn't get a good photo out of it, or the lighting was bad or something. Like, mm-hmm. shoot. Um, yeah. But what I—that's all like fixable, uh, you know, in some way. Somebody's gonna be excited about that. Who cares? The client's yeah. really not gonna care. As long as the subject looks okay, and you can retouch it and you can do whatever in post, and you'd be all right. Yeah. The thing that really hits me and it's really hard for me to deal with is when I don't connect with somebody. Yep. When it's like, we're just, we might as well be sitting in different rooms and we're trying to create something and I'm looking into his eyes. Like I have this camera and I'm right here. I'm right next to him. I'm looking into your eyes and I can see the color. I can see your soul, dude. (laughs) And we're not connecting. Oh.
0: And they're like thinking about the next thing. It's just like, and I
1: don't, I don't blame (laughs) them, but it's just like, yeah. It's hard for me at that point when yeah. I feel like, okay, we didn't create anything unique there. We created something different and it was like, uh,
0: yeah, it's tough. You know, sometimes it's some of that stuff's out of your control. And then I guess, I don't know, you can try your best and try to get the people to open up, but at a certain point there's only so much you can do, I guess.
1: Yeah. Joe Pug did a talk about that. Um, or you he, he were on that clubhouse uh, yep. thing that he did with, uh,
0: Sean and John. I think it was Sean and John.
1: Was it Sean and John?
0: Or it might've been someone else. I forget who, who did it. It might've yeah. been Sean and John. Um, yeah.
1: But he did that interview and, or, or that, uh, that kind of like a uh, thing. Yeah. And it was, it was Matthew young.
0: Yeah. That's who it was. Yep. Matthew. Young. Yeah.
1: Um, And he talked about that. he talked about the fact that like, we're springing things on people at certain times. We don't know what happened earlier in their day. Like, that's my least favorite question that I get is like, well, how, who was the worst person you've worked with? They're like, who's terrible. Or like, how were they? It's like, dude, I don't know. I met them for like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I always, I have this kind of phrase where it's like, at least we both know we exist. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that's all it is. Like for the most part, sometimes you get to like work with people repeatedly and like all that stuff. But like, for the most part, we know each other exists now like that's that's kind of cool it humanizes like how are they It's like they were human they might have been having a bad day they may have like you know who knows what happened yeah yeah You,
0: you can build up in your mind like how how a shoot's gonna go or how this person's gonna be but like you said at the end of the day everyone's human and they could be having a bad day or they're in a rush to the next thing and like you're gonna get what you're gonna get and you're gonna try your best light it as well as you can and hopefully you have a connection but you know it's just uh you know sometimes uh it's like baseball sometimes you get a home run sometimes you get a single and sometimes you strike out man that's just the breaks i think
1: i feel you absolutely (laughs) i I couldn't agree with that more man it's it's tough for sure and it's like something that you want every photo that you create to be the best photo you've ever created and Hmm. sometimes it doesn't call for that sometimes you're just doing a job yeah you know sometimes you have to take a portrait for this magazine and it's just going to be on white and it's not going to be interesting, but like it did the job and the client's happy and the people look good and
0: it yeah. doesn't matter. And I guess like what's kind of got you excited about photography these days or sort of like anything um, that's kind of got you sparked right now that you're working on or anything you're hoping to work on or what's kind of brewing for you? it's a good question what
1: am i excited about right now i'm always excited about photography i love seeing people's stuff yeah people are creating so such cool things all the time i love your the photo series that you're working on where you're photographing photographers yeah yeah yeah, thanks i got my buddy joe greer that's constantly going and
0: yeah he's great man
1: he's so talented it's so
0: bummer they got their shit stolen like a week ago or whatever him andre because i know andre and they were up in yeah they got like everything stolen is brutal
1: well let me go on record by saying san francisco sucks ass yeah (laughs) (laughs) the bay area just sucks dude (laughs) it's just like constant like i feel like every production i'm ever on gets some type of like i was on a production up there shooting in the city and we had to hire uh private security damn and the dude's strapped right and he comes up and he goes hey so like how much force do you want me to use if we need to and i was like
0: holy shit
1: like whatever you need man like obviously <laughs> like that's what you're here for and i go why do you like you come into that stuff in this area a lot he's like well and he like lifts up his shirt dude he literally had a bandage on he goes i got shot two weeks ago around this area and i was what like where were you guys
0: shooting like is this is like this downtown uh, or, yeah, it's this, no, dude, yeah. I, I wish i
1: i wish i knew some yeah coffee shop yeah that's what, I I, like
0: yeah it's brutal man
1: like fuck san francisco dude. and then yeah. they go up there to create this kind of awesome thing for a bunch of people and their stuff gets on unfortunately i think that's like a weird um an unfortunate kind of like downfall of like the time that we're also in like they have this huge reach and they have this whole thing
0: mm-hmm.
1: if it was i i would imagine that they were probably being followed
0: yeah that's what i thought too because they were like all, uh, we're talking about three photographers They all have a big social media following and they were kind of posting on social media it kind of came to my mind too like that someone could kind of figure out where they were and figure out yeah, where their stuff was which they is see
1: of- them and they they have they're constantly strapped with Leicas and computers and their bts shots are like yeah. Extravagant and yeah all of a sudden they get out of the car and they said it was like for five minutes and i was like well if it was for five minutes, I'm sure that that person was probably following you for a few more than five minutes. Yeah. Unfortunately, that does suck, man. I really hate yeah. it. But All that say, Joe. I mean, all those guys. Great Joe, like, I'm excited about what Joe is doing. I'm always excited about what Joey L is doing. I think that he's creating the most beautiful cinematic portraits of people that like are in strife. Mm-hmm. He's making them look like fucking superheroes, dude. He's he he's he's it's that thing where we always say like why do we pay actors so much when like teachers are doing the work mm-hmm. you know like it's like a similar i have a similar mindset on that like we're making these people that like granted i know that they work hard i know that they have a skill i know that they have these things but like joey is putting that most beautiful light on the people that live in the hardest times and mm-hmm. the hardest struggles yeah and like really work for a living so
0: and, exactly. and they're and they're and they're and they're doing the jobs that are really important. It's like, yeah, I love going to the movies or listening to music, but like the stuff he's doing, like farmers, it's like they're they're doing all the hard work so that you, when you go to the grocery store, you can buy the food that you actually need to survive. You know, and it's a, it's he's
1: making them look like rock stars. Yeah, he's making yeah. them look like movie stars, dude. It's fucking awesome. I think it's really yeah. good. I think it's really noble. Yeah. Um. So I'm really I'm always excited about what he's creating. I think he's always trying to sell a really good story. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know, I'm excited about a lot of things. In my own thing, I'm like in this process of scaling um, and bringing on like, I think that our generation has always been like, if you started past 2008
0: mm-hmm.
1: in photography, you didn't really have any budget. So you're kind of making do with what you have. Yep. And I'm like constantly trying to, at this point, I'm really excited about the idea of like, not just working with what you have, but working with what is appropriate for each job. Like if this is going to make it better, or this person is going to make it better, this piece of equipment is going to make it better. Get it. yeah. Like, Do it. Let's make it bigger. Let's make it better so that we can make these better images.
0: And is that, is that that you kind of pushing the client to, you know, asking for more money or kind of putting the money out out of your own pocket sometimes to just kind of push your work up. It's just kind of,
1: Totally depends. Yeah. I mean, I'll be completely honest. When I shoot, I shot, like, I always use this example of, of the arrested development. I shot the arrested development cast for deadline. Yep. And at the time they, I think I made 500 bucks total on that shoot. And I spent including like, so I spent $3,000 on production for that through assistance and Schmidleys wow. and gear and equipment and flooring yep. and all that stuff. And, and, uh, and so out of pocket was like 2,500 bucks to yep. create this photo. Then I knew that the client, obviously the client wasn't, it's an editorial. They're not going to like spur the moment, like put, put all this funds, but I knew that I wanted to, I'm hoping to balance that. I don't it's, want to just be dishing out thousands of dollars yeah. to create these photos. I do want to have a balance of like, okay, well, let's work with what we have, but like let's supplement and get a little bit more big. I don't know if it's a client thing, I hope no, I know be. it's 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 it's
0: like knowing when to invest in yourself. Like you knew that shoot yeah. was good, you're gonna get good stuff from it, and you'll be able to use it as like a building block for your portfolio. And it's just like I do the same thing, like all these shoots I'm doing, like these photographer series. I've been traveling to some places, and like, yeah, I'm I'm spending money, but in the long term. I, for one I just enjoy doing it but in a long term I think it's a good investment because I'm shooting for my portfolio and hopefully getting stronger at photography and like hopefully some clients see the work and enjoy it you know
1: it's awesome yeah can you tell me about the guy um I think we briefly talked about him you you photographed him in like northern Massachusetts at this like he's a photographer he was like an overalls overalls um
0: Wait, Larry Fink, the dude. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, that
0: was in Pennsylvania. Yeah, he's just like one of my favorite photographers. Um, yeah, badass dude, like just shoots black and white. and He lives on this farm out in Pennsylvania, and it's just like I lost this-
1: my mind when I saw those portraits.
0: <laughs> yeah, man,
1: they're so beautiful, dude. They're so well. He's a character anyway, but you you captured him well, man. <laughs> I really loved him. I was a huge fan of those.
0: Yeah, thanks, man. But yeah, this goes back to that. This kind of investing in yourself in this. uh i don't know i just want to take pictures that's the end of the day <laughs> like i'm not like uh i'm not a crypto expert i'm not a, i'm not a finance guy invested in Dude. stocks i'm just trying to like i'm just trying to get my next fix and trying to take a good picture and i think that's that's where
1: my mind's at i feel you i don't know anything about any of that other stuff all <laughs> i know is so like what i get excited about is photography man like just in general like the idea of it, thinking about it i'm shooting on this like leica q2 now i just got this leica q2 okay fixed 28 millimeter. And I'm excited about that. You know, like, yeah, yeah, that's I get awesome. excited walking around on that. Like I love when like, I mean, I met this creative director at this, this client that I work with and uh, he's excited about film photography. So we started exchanging, like, I, I shoot on this Mamiya C330, this like waist level kind of twin yeah. lens thing. And we're talking about that. And he's talking about his, uh, his uh, Yashica that he has. And I was just like, look, like, I get excited about
0: bro Everything. last last night cuz i've been shooting black and white on my house plot again i and i had to buy the whole like uh to process my own film i got the spool the the little thing to to develop You got a washer yeah and I had, <laughs> no i had to like practice how to roll the film back on the fucking spool again cuz i hadn't done it in like oh, 10 years God. so i was like just practicing but it was it was fun man it just kind of brings you back to your roots
1: yeah but it's good like you have an energy in your voice of doing something that makes you a little uncomfortable that's fun it's like (laughs) it's what we want to be doing the fact that you get excited about it and like i think people can hear that excitement in the voices and i think that people can feel that when you're taking the photo yeah that's what i so that's i mean the list could go on of things that i'm excited about
0: well i think i think that's a good point to end it josh man we're all excited out here and uh you got to hit the golf course you're gonna go to roosevelt and uh you know have a good time, but, yo, dude, it's glad, gra- glad we connected, and uh, yo, keep in touch, man.
1: I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much.
0: So there you have it. That was the Josh Tayas interview. I uh, just want to thank Josh so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to him about his work and everything he's kind of accomplished over the course of his career so far. Uh, like I said, I'm Big fan of his work. Um, just a really amazing portrait photographer. Just how he uses light and amazing composition. Just uh, really incredible work. Um, so definitely go check out more Josh's work at his website, joshteas.com and definitely go give him a follow on Instagram at Josh I'll put all the links in the descriptions. Uh, but he's always posting up cool work and projects he's uh, been working on up on his Instagram. So definitely go check that out. And as always, um have weekly podcasts. Uh, I know it's not been as regular lately, uh, just kind of been busy, um, but trying to put out a couple at least every month um, over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page if you want to check out the video version. Uh, But yeah, thanks so much for listening and take care.